Section three of the Rover Volume One Number fourteen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia. The Rover Volume One Number fourteen. Edited by Siba Smith and Lawrence Labrie. Section three. The Lantern in the Castle Yard from the German of Frederick Baron de la Motte Fouquet in a very wild and remote region of the scottish highlands there stood on a rocky height an old fortress one stormy evening in harvest its lord looked from his window into the darkness and over the well-guarded court of the castle toward the opposite hills where the tops of the trees still visible rustled and waved in the dark blue heavens the rivulet in the valley sent forth a wild and strange sound and the creaking weathercocks clattered and brawled as if chiding the storm the scene and the hour were congenial to the mind of the lord of the castle he was no longer the mild and indulgent master his only daughter had fled from the fortress with a handsome youth far inferior to her in birth but a sweeter singer and harp player than any inhabitant of the wide highlands and soon after their flight the lover was found dashed to pieces in the bottom of a rocky valley into which in the darkness of the night he had fallen thereupon the daughter by an unknown pilgrim sent a letter to her father saying that night having robbed her of her lover her eyes were open to her fault that she had retired to a convent to do the most severe penance and that her father would never see her more from this event the lord of the castle had become almost obdurate as the surrounding rocks and unfeeling as the stony pavement of his old fortress as he now looked from the window he saw in the castle yard a lantern move backwards and forwards as if in the hand of some one who with tottering steps stole across the area angrily he called out who goes there for his domestics had strict orders to admit no one within the walls and since the flight of the young lady these commands were so rigidly obeyed it seemed as if lifeless statues alone dwelt within to the lord of the castle there came a soft voice an old old woman it said begs some food noble knight but the humble demand was impetuously refused spy vagrant witch were the appellations showered upon the beggar and because she did not immediately retire but reiterated her petition with a fervent though weak voice the knight in the wildness of his wrath called on his bloodhounds to hunt the beggar woman away wildly did the ferocious dogs rush forth but scarcely had they approached the old woman when she touched the strongest and fiercest with a slender wand the domestics who had come out expected that the raging dog would tear her in pieces but howling he returned and the others laid themselves down whining before the beggar again the lord of the castle urged them on but they only howled and moaned and lay still a strange shuddering seized him which redoubled when the old woman raised her lantern on high and her long white hair appeared waving in the storm while with a sad and threatening voice she exclaimed thou in the heavens who seest and hearest trembling the knight retired from the window and ordered his people to give her what she demanded the domestics frightened at the apparition placed some food without in a basket and then secured the doors all the while repeating prayers until they heard the strange old woman carry away the food and as she stepped out of the castle gates the hounds moaned mysteriously after her 
from this time regularly every third evening the lantern was seen in the castle-yard and no sooner did its strange twinkling begin to be visible through the darkness and the light steps heard to totter softly over the pavement than the lord of the castle hastened back from the window the domestics put out the basket of food and the hounds moaned sorrowfully till the apparition vanished one day it was now the beginning of winter the knight followed the chase in the wildest part of the mountains suddenly his hounds started up a steep height and expecting a good capture at the risk of imminent danger he forced his shuddering horse over the slippery stony ground before a cavern in the middle of the ascent the hounds stood still but how felt the knight when the figure of a woman stepped to the mouth of the abyss and with a stick drove back the dogs from the long silvery locks of the woman as well as from the restless and low moanings of the hounds and his own internal feelings he soon perceived that in this drear spot the lantern-bearer stood before him half frantic he turned his horse's head buried his spurs in its side and galloped down the steep accompanied by the yelling hounds toward the castle soon after this strange occurrence the lantern was no longer seen in the court of the castle they waited one day several days a whole week passed over but the apparition was no longer seen if its first appearance had alarmed the lord of the castle and his domestics its disappearance occasioned still more consternation they believed that the former prognosticated some dreadful events which the latter betokened to be near on the night this anticipation had a terrible effect he became pale and haggard and his countenance assumed such a disturbed appearance the inmates of the castle were of opinion that the apparition gave warning of his death it was not so one day as was his custom the knight rode to the chase and in his present distraction of mind he approached unawares that part of the country where the old woman with the white hair had appeared to him and which he from that time had carefully avoided again the dog sprung up the height howling and looking fearfully into the cavern the affrighted baron in vain called them back they stood as if fascinated on the dreadful spot but on this occasion no one appeared to chase them away they then crept into the cavern and from its dark bosom the knight still heard their moanings and cries at last summoning resolution he sprung from his horse and with determined courage clambered up the steep height advancing into the cavern he beheld the hounds crouched round a wretched mossy couch on which the dead body of a woman lay stretched out on drawing near her he recognized the white hair of the formidable lantern-bearer the little horn lantern stood near her on the ground and the features were those of his only child more slowly than the faithful hounds who from the beginning had known their young mistress did the unhappy knight become aware who he saw before him but to dissipate every doubt there lay on the breast of the dead body a billet on which with her own blood her hands had traced the following words in three nights the wanderer's hair became white through grief for the death of her lover she saw it in the brook her hair he had often called a net in which his life was entangled net and life were both by one stroke destroyed she then thought of those holy ones of the church who in humility had lived unknown and despised beneath the paternal roof and as a penance she brought alms from her father's castle 
and lived among the rocks from which her lover fell but her penance draws near its end the crimson stream fails ah father she would have written father but the stream was exhausted which with unspeakable sorrow the knight perceived had issued from a deep wound in her left arm he was found by his servants near the corpse in silent prayer his hounds moaning beside him he buried his daughter in the cavern from which he never afterwards came out the unhappy hermit forced every one from him his faithful dogs alone he could not drive away and mournfully they watched together by the grave of their young mistress and beside their sorrowing lord and when he also died their sad howlings first made it known to the surrounding country end of section three